0: Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. Turn around and tell somebody, God's got a word for you today. Tell somebody, be a Pentecostal, come on, God's got a word for you this morning. And, And he may just speak through me today. You never know. With that in mind, I want you to turn to two passages of Scripture, and don't freak out when I tell you the first one. Uh, Lamentations chapter 1. That's like preaching out out of Job. Nobody wants to hear that stuff lamentations. Doesn't that just give you the warm fuzzies all over? Man, I'm excited. He's going to talk about lamentations. Some of you are in the middle of lamenting and you don't want to hear any more about lamentations. Well, I got good news. Hopefully it'll turn out good in the end and we'll look at that in a moment. And then Romans chapter eight, it gets better when we get to Romans chapter eight. So you keep those two things in mind. And I want to talk to you today about keeping your date with destiny. Everyone say that just so it gets, down deep inside, keeping with destiny. Lamentations 1. Lamentations was written by Jeremiah the prophet, the weeping prophet. Uh, and it was written uh, uh, from his heart that was broken over the condition of Jerusalem that had been destroyed by Babylonian invaders. And that's why it's the, he's weeping over it. And, and it's a terrible traumatic experience that's happened to the children of Israel because of verse 9. What he says about her or about Jerusalem, or the children of Israel. It says her uncleanness is in her skirts. She did not consider her destiny. Someone say that. She did not consider her destiny. And so today, that's what we want to talk about, the importance of embracing the destiny of God for our life. God forbid that we should be in the, in the situation, and the circumstances of the children of Israel there when they did not consider their destiny. In fact, when Jeremiah wrote this book, he wrote it in a way that is an, ac- an acrostic style, and he used the the Hebrew alphabet. And he went through the Hebrew alphabet in, in the writing of this, this book, and basically what he's saying is from a to Z. This is terrible. From A to Z, the children of Israel have sinned, a great sin. From A to Z, I am weeping and lamenting the condition of God's people and the condition of Jerusalem. Now the message says it this way, I love, I love the message, it's a paraphrase, it's not a translation, that's why we want to, you know, you, you compare, but this really speaks, uh, this message, she played fast and loose with life, she never considered tomorrow, and now she's crashed royally, you ever felt that way? Because I got a feeling some of us have, come on, let's be honest. You don't want to lie in church. How many of your life, you look back both some places in life where I just made bad decisions and I crashed royally? Ooh, but look around, you made it. Look at your neighbor and say, but you made it today, bless your heart. She crashed royally with no one to hold her hand. And that's the way a lot of God's people find themselves when they don't come to the place where they realize that God has a destiny and a purpose and a plan for their life. When you take the reins of your life and you don't consider your destiny, you don't consider your God-created purpose and plan that he has for you, you're going to make some bad choices. You're going to listen to some wrong voices. You're going to make some bad choices, and you'll find yourself crashing royally when it comes to God's purpose and plan for your life. But how many of you know God's the God of redemption? In fact, when you read through and read on through Lamentations, it is sad. But in the middle, in chapter 3, Jeremiah comes to some truth about God. Now, he saw the truth about Israel, but he also knew some truth about God. He said, the mercies of the Lord, are they never fail. They're new every other week. They're new every morning. And then he says what we sang this morning, great is thy faithfulness. And then basically what he says, in the middle of this tragedy, he says, you know, this is what's going on with Jerusalem, but let me tell you about God. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And then basically he says this, because I know who God is, in him I'm going to put my hope. So I've got good news for you today. It doesn't matter if if you've crashed royally. You're in the right place at the right time. Tell somebody you're in the right place at the right time. (laughs) In fact, you made a decision today to move into the destiny of God for your life, and you may not have even known it. And so I want to tell you today, God has a plan, and that's what Romans 8 is all about. Romans 8, 28, we all know this, and I want you to see when I read this and when you read it together, how God partners with us. Because I want to warn you about something, just because God has a plan for your life and God has a destiny for your life, that fact alone does not guarantee your safe arrival arriving into the destiny of God for our life is a, is, is, a, is a marvelous partnership with God. And so I want you to see that today as we read this. Look, it says, and we know, I love this, and we know that all things, somebody say all things. All Anybody ever been through some bad things? You may be going through some bad things today. But Paul said, and we know, now you've got to read this, And all things don't work together for good, stop. Get the context. And we know that all things work together for good to those who what? In other words, you're partnering with God. He's loving you and you're loving him back for goodness sake. All things work together for those who love God. Work together for good to those who love God. And to those who are the what? Say it. In other words, God has a purpose and plan for our life. And according to whose purposes? Somehow, some way, we've come to the place many times in life where we want to live life on our terms and somehow expect God to bless our mesh. I know you've never tried that. But the reality is this, God has a, his purpose and his plan, and he, he wants all things to work together for good because we love God. We partner with him in a relationship of our destiny and purpose, and we embrace the call of God on our life, and we embrace his purposes in my life, and then we can boldly say, man, it don't matter what I'm going through. It's going to all work out for good. So give somebody a fist bump. And say, I know that's right. Come on. Tell somebody, I know that's right. I said, give somebody a fist bump. Come on now, Loosen up. Give somebody. There you go. <laughs> There you go. And so God has a purpose. Each of us, how do we partner? Listen, understand something. I think, of, I think of David in Psalm 139. You don't need to go there. You can look at it later. David begins to say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He begins to talk about the fact that before he was a twinkle in his daddy's eye, God knew him. And then he was made. And then, and then God's purpose and plan. You read this. It's pretty cool. He said it's all been written down in the book. I don't know about you, but I probably would have said amen right there. It's been written down. God has a plan for my life. But I got to partner with Him. I got to make some right choices in life. And throughout history, we look at our, from Scripture, thank God we have some forefathers of our faith who kept their date with destiny. And so each of us must choose to partner with God in this thing called the purpose of God and the destiny of God for our life and begin to cooperate. How many of you don't appreciate people who don't cooperate? God wants you to cooperate. Look at somebody you know this needs to go to and just say, he's he talking about you right now. He, you better cooperate. I think about Abraham. The father of our faith. God spoke to him the purpose and plan of God for his life. And he told him this I want you to get up and get going. I'm not going to tell you where you're going. You don't know where you're going, but get going. Man, I would want details. How many of you like the details? Abraham heard that, no details, other than God's going to bless me. I just need to get up and get going. He made a choice to get up and get going, even to a place that he knew not. Joseph, I love all these stories. You need to read these stories. Joseph, in the face of adversity, serving in Potiphar's house, It seems like his life and his destiny was going in the wrong direction. But I just got a feeling somehow, someway, though the New Testament wasn't written then, of course, that Joseph knew all things are going to work together for good because I love God and he has a purpose and a plan for my life. And in the face of Potiphar's wife coming on to him, making unholy advances in his life, he chose to get up and flee the advances of an unholy woman. And because of his choices, it moved him into the purpose and plan of God for his life. I think about Moses. Everyone say Moses. That's a great study of his life because when God came and called Moses, Moses said, uh, you don't know who you're talking about, talking to. I got a." not making fun you're talking to the wrong fella he resisted the destiny of God for his life but even though it frustrated God in fact it's pretty clear when you go and read it God got hacked off you don't want to hack off the Lord you don't want to make him mad he got frustrated and man they got serious but they worked it out for goodness sake And Moses made some right choices and he ended up in front of Pharaoh saying, God said, let my people go. Aren't you glad? He followed through and he made a good choice. Sadly, he made some bad choices and he missed the promised land. So you see that issue with choices and reactions and responses and the importance and the priority to partner with God in every area of our life in order to arrive into the destiny of God for our life. I think about Peter. I love Peter. He's more my he's more my, my folk. Peter was just a common man. He was just a fisherman. But God had a plan and a destiny for his life. And even after he blew it bad in denying the Lord, Jesus, the resurrected Christ, walked into his life and Peter realized man I got a second chance here he jumped out of his boat swam to Jesus they had a little reconciliation restoration time and Jesus the resurrected Christ put him back on track with the destiny of God for his life whoo there may be somebody here like that you may be like these children of Israel you played fast and loose with life And you never considered tomorrow, and maybe even some here today, feel like they've crashed and burned royally. You're in the right place at the right time. So these guys made choices that moved them into the destiny of God for their life. I'll go back. I'll backtrack. Esther, the beauty queen, she got a hold of the destiny of God for her life, and she risked her life. She put it all on the line because she said, who knows, her Uncle Morty said, and she believed it. Who knows, Esther, whether you've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. She embraced the destiny of God for her life. She made a right choice. And it it not only changed and impacted her life, but it changed and impacted the history of Israel and the history and the destiny of God for all humanity. Think about that for a moment. How many of you know your bad choices not only affect you, but they affect everybody around you? And I don't know where you are today. Let me give you some good news. I'm going to give you some good choices and decisions here in a moment. But let me just tell you, I don't know where you are. You may feel crashed and burned. You may feel like you've blown it royally. You may feel like uh, you've, you've lived fast and loose with life and there's no hope for you. But I'm telling you here today, you're just a couple of good choices away from getting right back on track. Somebody say amen. I know that's right. And so today I want to talk to you and I want to warn you. That you and I have to partner with God. You don't accidentally arrive into the destiny of God for your life. You don't wake up one day, whoo, how'd that happen? No, it's a partnership. And our choices affect our destiny, and they affect our kids and our kids' kids. We've got to get serious about it. We've got to consider our destiny. Tell somebody, look at somebody and say, you better consider your destiny today. No. And then let them tell you, okay, I, I We've got to consider our destiny. We've got to embrace the purpose of God for our life. And just for kicks, tell somebody else around you say, "It's not all about you." Like a friend of mine says, "God has a plan. He will succeed, even if it cost him your life." He's never been opposed to offering up his kids for the sake of the purpose and the destiny of God for his life. But this morning, I want to make it simple for you. I want to just give you some, some decisions you and I all have to make in life if we're going to keep our date with destiny. The first one is this. you got to make a decision of obedience. That's what Christianity is all about. It's what lordship is all about. It's what being born again is all about. you got to confess him as the Lord and the leader of your life. you got to choose to obey him. I love Simon and Andrew. These guys, they were just fishermen. And Jesus walks into their life. They're just minding their own business, doing their thing, fishing, washing nets. And Jesus, the resurrected, not the resurrected Christ. Jesus, the Christ, walks into their life and says, you know, if you'll follow me, now catch the partnership, if you'll follow me, I'll make you into fishers of men. I'll up the ante. I'll move you into the destiny of God for your life, but you got to follow me. Now, Simon and Andrew, they didn't look at each other and rock, paper, scissors. They didn't say, Well, let me, let me talk to my daddy about this. You know, we got things and bills and stuff. And they didn't say, They didn't give that religious answer. A lot of you, when somebody comes and gives you an opportunity to serve the Lord, you go, Oh, well, I'll pray about it. That most time just means, ain't no way I'm doing that. Just my way of telling you nicely to don't ask me that ever again. They didn't do any of that. The Bible says, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. The Bible says immediately, somebody say immediately, man, wouldn't that freak the Lord out if we adopted that kind of obedience to God? Where we just said immediately, I'm going to serve you. Immediately, I'm not going to rock paper scissors. I'm not going to pray about it. I'm going to make a decision today. My destiny is on the line. My future is on the line. God has a plan, and if I'm going to get there, I've got to follow Him for goodness' sakes. Amen. I got a woo out of that. Don't ag me on. This is the second service. Paul the Apostle, gave, giving, giving his testimony to King Agrippa, Acts 26. He talks about the heavenly vision, how God spoke to him, the purpose and plan of God for his life. And he said this to King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. He made the decision of obedience in his life. A lot of us have reservations about obeying God, even when it's in our best interest. Uh, I'm reminded of a, a story years ago. Nathan was just a little boy. It was when, when seatbelts first started coming into play, and, and the kids want to stand up in the back. Lord, I survived without a seatbelt. We used to sleep in the back window of the car. Some of you old folk know what I'm talking about. And we tell Nathan. And it's just you sit down, buckle up, sit down, buckle up. They don't want to sit down, buckle up. And then one time, finally, I stopped. I said, you better sit down and buckle up. Nathan buckled up, all powdered up, and he said, Well, I'm sitting down and buckled up on the outside. <laughs> but I'm standing up on the inside. He didn't really do that. I just threw him in there because he's my son. <laughs> but all of us in some place, we've got to come to the place where we immediately obey him and say, I'm not going to disobey God. I'm going to, my obedience moves me into the favor and the blessing of God on my life. Are you with me? Say amen. It's a decision of obedience. We've got to get that one down. Obedience is not optional. How many of you parents have figured that your kids finally figured that out? Take out the trash. They start rock, paper, scissoring, or just ignoring, and you go, obedience is not optional. And that's the way it is with the destiny of God for our life. Everyone say the decision of obedience. Number two, another decision. If you're going to keep your date with destiny, follow me here. Stay on track with me. And these two are kind of, well, they're joined at the hip, but i got to say it this way. It's a decision of confidence. I'm not talking about self-confidence. I'm talking about confidence in God. Confidence is his plan. Listen, he's smarter than you. (laughs) Really? He's smarter than you. And you've got to learn to trust him. You've got to have faith in him. I don't know even why I'm preaching this. I am at Faith Bible Chapel today, but I'll try anyway. Because Just because your church is named Faith Bible Chapel doesn't mean you're going to automatically choose to trust him to get you to the destiny of God for your life. I love Hebrews. I love Hebrews 6, follow with me. Verse 12 says this, Do not become sluggish or lazy somebody say amen, Amen. but imitate others who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Let me kind of stretch that out a little bit. Hey, don't get lazy about the destiny of God for your life. Don't get sluggish when it comes to God's purpose and plan for your life. You got to look at others and realize, hey, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Esther, David, Peter, Paul, and Mary, all of them, they chose to trust God and they chose to believe God and they were not sluggish or lazy. Imitate those folks who through faith and patience inherited the promises. In other words, they arrived at the destiny of God for their life, not because they they were special, you see, but because they were chosen by God. And the reality is we're all special. Amen. Amen. And so you got to make the decision of confidence to trust him. Hebrews 10, verse 35, Therefore, don't cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Someone say great reward. Now listen, the destiny of God for your life has great reward. Amen. Joel, aren't you glad you waited on the right one? And now beside you is God's plan and purpose unfolding. It's great reward. Somebody say great reward. Give somebody a fist bump again say, it's a great reward. Boom. It's a great reward. When you choose to trust Him, I love Proverbs uh, 3. It's my one of my favorite passages, and it just lines up so well. Trust in the Lord with all your... Come on. And lean not to your own understanding. In other words, hey, listen, your own understanding will mess up God's purpose for your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him. And what will He do? He will direct your path. I love what Isaiah, I can't remember, it's just jumping out at me, where it says you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, go in it. But you got to make this choice. I'm going to trust Him. If you go back to Lamentations and you, you catch this thought, even, even Jeremiah caught it in the middle of all this trouble, in the middle of all this tragedy, in the middle of it, he said, Yeah, because I know who he is. His mercies never fail, they're new every morning. And his faithfulness, whoo, it's great, man. Therefore, I have my hope in him. I trust him. And maybe you know it's a partnership. You got to make the decision of obedience. You got to make the decision of confidence. Hey, and don't let me rattle you here, but you got to make the decision of violence. Everybody go, man. Listen, understand something about God's purpose and plan for your life. You don't just accidentally arrive. Uh, We've learned that. But listen, it's a battle. It's a struggle. There's a fight going on for the destiny of God for your life. And believe it or not, brother, sister, there are influences in the world. There are spiritual forces of wickedness that do not want all things to work together for your good. And they're at odds with God's purpose and plan. And we got to get serious enough to do spiritual warfare and get violent. Paul told Timothy, young Timothy, his son in the faith, in chapter 1 of uh, First Timothy, he said, Timothy, you remember that prophetic word you got about the, this is my paraphrase, you remember that prophetic word you got about the destiny of God for your life? I can just see Peter, oh yeah, man, I'm going to knock them dead. I'm going to be man of God. Yeah, you remember that? Okay, when, once you got that down, you better wage a good warfare because You're going to need to because there's influences that are trying to undermine God's purpose and plan for your life. Jesus said it this way. He said the kingdom of heaven suffers what? Violence. Violence. And the violent take it by force. In other words, we need to have that spirit within us. I love what Isaiah said about this, about God. He said this in Isaiah chapter 042. He says, the Lord, he'll stir himself up like a, stir up his zeal like a man of war. He shall cry out. He shall shout. I'm telling you, we need some of that in the prayer closet for goodness sake. we got to fight for the destiny of God for our lives and for our families. And make a decision of violence. Some people here, maybe not you, but some people may need a Popeye anointing. Now, I know I'm not very deep spiritually here. I admit that. I get my spiritual analogies from cartoons. But if you're old like me and you've seen Popeye, most haven't. The young people don't know Popeye who? Anybody ever watch Popeye? Okay, I feel better now. Popeye always had Brutus in his life. There's always a brute somewhere trying to keep us from our olive oil destiny. (laughs) In every cartoon, everyone, Popeye... Would have all he could stand. You, heard, you remember? Brutus had his way. He said, I've had all I can stand. And I can't stand no more. Then he'd go. And he'd whip out his spinach. Now you're getting it. Some of the younger kids go, Mama, what is he talking about? You can't sit around, whine and moan and complain when the enemy of your soul is trying to steal the destiny of God for your life. At some point when the preacher's gone to Israel and doesn't even care about you, And all the staff, when the, when the cat's away, the mice will play, and you're all by yourself, and, and things are going bad in a hurry. There's a time and a place where nobody else is around, and you got to in some ways say, I've had all. Come on now. I've had all I can stand of this stuff. And I can't stand anymore and get up and get serious enough to stir yourself up like a man or a woman of God and take your place in the authority of God against the principalities and the powers and the spiritual forces of wickedness that, is try, that are trying their best to keep God's best from you. Amen. Amen. Whew. <laughs> ta My wife's heard this a hundred times. She still laughs. That's why I bring her with me everywhere I go. <laughs> Let me tell you number one, number four here. Let's, and I'll close maybe. <laughs> Not only a decision of obedience to keep your date with destiny, but a decision of confidence and violence, and also a decision of continuance. You just can't quit. Tell somebody you just you, you can't quit. Oh, I've been tempted to quit. In fact, I have quit some things, but I never quit God. One day I realized I was on a bunch of boards and things. I wrote about five resignation letters. I even wrote a resignation letter to myself. (laughs) Dear Pastor Sam, you are now turning in your resignation letter. I I threw that one away. Whew. I've wanted to quit. Anybody here ever wanted to quit? You may be here today. You may be like Israel. You may, you may have lived fast and loose and suffered the consequences. And now you're feeling the, the impact. And I feel like you've crashed royally. I came to tell you all the way from elevation level one. That you can't quit. I love the story of Daniel in the middle of captivity Daniel somehow did let his environment to keep him from the purpose of God for his life. And I love three, three words in 1st Daniel. I can't remember the verse, but it says, thus Daniel continued. We ought to put our name in there. Thus Sam continued. May it be written down in the analogs or, or, or the annals of our history that though trouble and trauma and, and, and bad choices were made along the way, that somehow, way, we came to the place in life where we said, I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what my brother says. I don't care. Think of Job, man. He had his friends saying, You just need to quit, brother. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not quitting. I'm going to keep on because God has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for my life. We've got to partner with the destiny of God. Just because God has a plan doesn't mean you'll find it. We've got to make right choices. have got to choose to obey Him. Choose to believe Him. Choose to stand up and Fight the fight and choose to never quit. Everyone say never quit. I'm a storyteller, so I'm telling a story. Put, put this message on pause, but don't forget, I'm coming back. Young high school student, not very athletic, but very zealous. Not very big back then. My, how things change. A little school called, in Red Oak, Texas, I don't know, nobody's ever been there, but that's where I graduated. Little bitty town. And I loved to play football. My brother, it was, you know, Friday Night Lights in Texas now. That was a thing. My coach told me this. I had two brothers that were more adept, and I was following in their footsteps, and it was a little bit of a challenge. and He told me, he said, he said, Sam, now if you're gonna play football, you gotta, you gotta be in the track. You, in off-season, you gotta run track. I say, what? You gotta run track. I said, no, coach, I got I got bow legs. They're bow legs. And that, that I, evidently that lends me to very slow running. And so I don't run track. He said, Well, you gotta do something. If you're gonna play football, you gotta be in the track program. And I, really he said, you could do long distance running. I said, Huh. He said, Well, you'll get your second win. You just keep running and you'll get your second win. You ever heard that lie? I tried that I never got my second win. I just kept losing my only one. <laughs> kind of like up in Colorado the other day. Finally, he said, Well, jump hurdles. Oh, well, now that sounds exciting. Maybe my bow legs will come in handy there. And so I began training <laughs> to jump hurdles. And so I trained and, and we, I tried and they taught, you know, never, it never was natural, but, you know, we got to the, to the first track meet. And, and by the way, they grade you, I don't know if they're as demeaning now as they were then, but there were different categories of hurdle jumpers there was A hurdlers, B hurdlers. D hur- oh, C hurdlers and then D hurdlers. How many, of you th- know, how many of you think I was an A hurdler? Thank you for your confidence, your vote of confidence. <laughs> how many of you believe I was a B hurdler? You know, he's kind of okay. Maybe he's a B. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How many, you know where this is going, don't you? <laughs> D hurdler. That's me. First track meet of the year. Probably the last one for me. It seemed like everybody on planet Earth showed up. And they put the D hurdlers on the first thing of the morning. I kind of thought that was good. Get it out of the way. But then I realized they probably did this just so everybody could watch and laugh. And so it seemed like everybody in all of Ellis County where I grew up were there. And they're all cheering us on, laughing us on, cheering us on, whatever they were doing. I need all the deer hurdlers to come to the starting blocks, please. That's me. Oh, God, have mercy on my soul. And body. I'm playing it out in my head. If I can just get over the first hurdle. Man, that's the biggest thing. And I'm, I'm rehearsing. in my On your mark. You've been there, right? Get set. And that's for some reason when he said get set it clicked the world into slow motion. It was I don't know if y'all ever seen chariots of fire that's an old one but pop 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 Slow motion, and I'm moving towards the first hurdle. I'm going to pause this story. I've already paused my message, and I'm pausing this story. Some demoniac, back when I was growing up, said, we need to build a track for these track stars. What do we make it out of? He went, I know. Let's get a bunch of bricks and crush them up. And scatter it around and call it a track. This is no joke. They called it cinder to kind of hide the thing. But I think in their mind they thought that when the de-hurdlers, when they fall, it's going to rip flesh from every part of their body. Ba, 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 ba. I'm back. And here comes the hurdle. I think I got this. First leg over. I'm all stretched out. Feeling pretty good. My back left toe went, I ain't going. (laughs) I don't care what you think, what you say. I refuse and caught the hurdle. Cinder started coming. And in slow motion, all fours, flesh, blood—I just—it was terrible. I found myself in a bloodied, battered, beaten, scarred condition at the base of the second hurdle. Curled up. I don't know if I cussed back then, but it was in my head. Stupid hurdle. I thought I'm just going to lay here curled up in the fetal position and wait till everybody goes by then I'll slip off under the bleachers where nothing good ever happens under the bleachers and I'm laying there and I hear the strangest thing I'm all foggy from my wounds, but I hear the voices of people from all lands and cities saying this with all her heart, get up. No, you can't make this stuff up. I'm going, why do they care about one D hurdler? It got louder. They said, get up. What did they say? They said, get up. Y'all are pathetic. Come on, help me. I'm trying. The clock's ticking. It got louder. It got louder and louder. I mean, it got louder. And I said, why? Do the great cloud of witnesses care about me? And finally, I got enough courage to open one eye and peek. And every de-hurdler had fallen on the first hurdle. One. that's why they put us first they knew it was going to happen but one of the sharper de-hurdlers which was not me by the way he heard the voice and he got up he too was battered bloodied and beaten and bruised and, and afflicted By the cinder of life. But he got up and you know what he did not do? He did not jump over one hurdle. You know what he did not do? He didn't didn't even run. He walked 100 yards and he knocked down every hurdle. (laughs) And you know what they had the audacity to do for him at the end of that, that glorious and grand and glorious day? They gave him a blue ribbon for goodness sakes. I said, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> I'm unpausing now because many of us find ourselves whew, right where that old D hurdler found himself. Bloodied, beaten, battered, and bruised. My life. I came to tell you, from altitude or elevation one, that you can get up. You don't have to listen to the wrong voices. You can listen to that right choice. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. My mercies are new every morning. Whew. I'm faithful. I know you feel like no one's holding your hand, but here I am. And you and I have to cooperate. If we're going to arrive at the destiny of God for our life, we can't let these things knock us out of the race. take his hand again, and make a choice of obedience, a choice of service to his plan, and a choice to say, I'm going to continue towards the purpose of God for my life. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 9 and 10.45 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, check our website at www.faith.church.